the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're in for a very special treat. As you're rushing around trying to get ready for uh, Thanksgiving this week, uh, worrying about uh, what it's going to be like around the Thanksgiving table, worrying about all the news you hear going on in the world, uh, and knowing that all the while you're supposed to be giving thanks, you're supposed to be feeling thankful. Well, maybe it's very hard sometimes for all of us to go around feeling thankful when we're often so connected to what we don't have. We feel we're thinking all the time or worrying all the time that we don't have enough love in our life, enough money, enough success, enough fame, even enough fun. So when we know that we're supposed to be feeling thankful, um, sometimes that puts an extra pressure on us. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh, Thanksgiving is coming. I better start feeling thankful. And uh, so today the show is all about getting you in the mood for gratitude. And I'm thrilled to have on my guest, Daniel Schmachtenberger. He's a very special man. He is a, with humility, he doesn't like to be called a global and personal healer. Uh, that's what I call him. But instead he tells you that uh, he facilitates the he- healing. And he's going to tell you more about how he does that. But primarily he's going to be taking us on a journey from our feelings of scarcity to creating abundance in our life, and he's going to teach us how to harness the power of gratitude in order to heal ourselves and the world. So welcome to the show, Daniel. Thank you very much, Carol. I'm uh, I'm very grateful to be here today. <laughs> you know, before you uh, begin, I just want to tell my listeners how we met. Uh, Daniel and I met a few months back as we were both setting off to uh, descend on foot into the Grand Canyon, a 10-mile hike. <laughs> and um, we were paired up by Mark Victor Hansen, who um, is the co-creator of Chicken Soup for the Soul and the rest of the series. And uh, I was very fortunate to be paired with Daniel, um, although I didn't know that at the time. But, you know, as you take this uh, 10-mile hike that takes hours, of course you start talking and uh, you start with sort of one of the most banal questions. So what do you do? <laughs> and Daniel's answer was quite something. And that's why I invited him to be on the show to share it all with you, and especially at this time of the year. So, Daniel, tell us all about it. Well, when you uh, invited me on a couple days ago and said that the theme was in preparation for Thanksgiving, helping people to really understand gratitude as a spiritual principle, what it really means to be grateful, how it can be a tool for creating a better life, I was very happy to come on for that theme because it's one of the most important principles of spirituality and principles of just having a successful, functional, beneficial life. It has to do with uh, the shift from scarcity to abundance. The feeling of gratitude has to do at first with a shift of focus. 
Gratitude is essentially a feeling, but before it's a feeling, it is a choice to shift your focus, and then your shifted focus supports the feeling. Giving, having gratitude for life means giving thanks, which really essentially, when we think about what does it mean to give thanks, has to do with appreciating what is. And most of the time, we don't take that much time to consciously appreciate that which is around us and that which is in our lives, and we're focused on uh, acquiring more experiences, more things, more whatever that we think are going to fill some lack or some void, which doesn't really work for very long. But opening our eyes to really seeing what is and appreciating the magnificence of reality does. The void is our lack of connection to life. And, you know, there's always uh, so much to be thankful for when you have a right awareness. I remember the first time that the awareness hit me that color is the most amazing gift. Just color. The fact that we can, we can see in color as opposed to black and white, and you think about, if you've watched a black and white television, what it's like. If our role here was just to fulfill certain functions, the universe could have made us just mm -hmm. able to see black and white, but how much less rich would the world be if you had never seen the blueness of the sky and the green of the trees and the color of the sunset, and we could still be completely functional. And I began to recognize color just as a gift for no functional purpose other than to increase our experience of the beauty and magnificence of life. And then every single time you go outside, you start to appreciate, you take the time to look at how deep the color of the flowers are and how deep the color of the sky is and the trees and the contrast of them. And that begins to feed you those colors as you appreciate them. They're being offered to you all the time, but the choice to appreciate, to go into gratitude, opens you to receive what is being offered. Yes. And so the gifts are always there. It has to do with if we receive them. And so we can make a choice to receive them. And then the color feeds us. And the recognition that the universe is giving to us for no particular reason other than just to create all this beauty. And then we start to just recognize that what comes in through all of our senses and appreciate it. Start to recognize that everything that we need for our life is actually given. The sun is given to everyone for free whether you're black or white or fat or skinny or Muslim or Jew or Christian or whatever, atheist, whether you're rich or poor, the sun shines on everybody equally for free and doesn't ask for anything in return. And it doesn't even ask you to appreciate it. Hmm. But if you do, you experience more of the beauty that's being offered. And Mother Earth offers herself all of the fruits of the trees and all of the minerals and all of the Every material we have to build our houses and build the things that we experience, all the food was all given to humanity for free. Now, we claim ownership over it, and then we sell it to others at a price, but that's not how God's law works. That's how our law works. God's law is that everything that's needed is given for free to everybody, and we don't have to give anything back or even appreciate it. That's just the nature of unconditional love. Now, before, I, I want you to clarify, because... I know that some people, since you mentioned the word God, are going to wonder whether you're coming from a religious, a particular religious point of view. Yeah, God is a very, very abused word in our culture. Sadly, it is a word that is the foundation for so much war and killing and judgment and division and separation, which is the opposite of what that word really means or is about. Any concept we have of what the infinite is is smaller than what the infinite is. Because the infinite 
is bigger than our mind, bigger than our conceptuality. So if I say the word God or Lord or I say the infinite awareness, infinite light, or just the infinite, it all means the same thing. And whether you call it Jehovah or Buddha or Lord or whatever, it doesn't particularly care because it's big enough to encompass all of those things, include all of those things, but is not contained by any of them. So uh, all of the different religions, or so many of them, claim a propriety on the truth, but most of the religions don't actually claim that God subscribes to their religion. Is God a Christian? Is God a Jew? No, God just is. When we say God, we're not talking about a white man up in heaven. We're talking about all of the energy of all physical particles in the universe are made up of patterns of vibrating energy. That energy and the intelligence that governs how they operate, the intelligence that governs the replication of your DNA and the cosmos staying in place and the love from which it is all born is the infinite that we're referring to. And it is infinite power and it is infinite intelligence and it is infinite love, and it does maintain the universe, and it does love all of us and want for us and will help us as we understand how to participate with it and gives us all the fundamental needs, and it also respects our free will and lets us create our own trip with or without the experience of it based on what we're choosing. Yes, so you're not talking about any specific religion, but rather um, this more... This more what? Um, uh, oh, it's a bigger picture. I, what? It's a bigger picture. Well, yes, I was going to say uh, esoteric, but that's not ephemeral. I guess is the word a, a bigger ephemeral. Um, what it is is that you know, in the first verse of the Tao Te Ching, it says that the knowledge that is speakable in words is not the eternal knowledge. That our mind and all the different scriptures allude to that. You know, in the ancient Hebrew, they didn't say God or any name for it. They just held silence, referring to that which is beyond concept and beyond word. So all the different religions that claim God is this, and then if you believe in a God, its name is different, all that has led to so much war and bloodshed and killing. We're talking about the God of love and the God of unity, the God that is the creator of all people, of all nations, of all everything. We're talking about that which doesn't limit or separate but uh, the, that which is the same in everything, that unifies everything. And so um, so you were talking about, um, when, when I interrupted you to explain God. <laughs> Let's actually address that one more little bit. Okay. Everything that I share today, I don't actually believe. Okay, wait a second. <laughs> I don't believe it because there's a difference between believing and knowing, and I have made an effort in my life mm. to divest myself of all beliefs and seek to really know. And knowing doesn't mean believing fervently because everybody uh, or so many people believe fervently, but people believe that they're ugly and they're not enough. People believe that their religion's the right one. Hitler believed that his stuff made sense. And all of this believing causes a lot of pain. And if you look at every war that's ever been fought in the world, it was fought over a belief. Democrats are better than Republicans. This skin color is better than that one. This national theory is better than that one. So the believing is dangerous. We believe that the earth was flat based on a limited perspective. It didn't make the earth flat. So just believing something's true doesn't make it true. Mm -hmm. 
So we can divest ourselves of believing and seek to really know through that which evidences itself as effective. The universe actually works. The planets don't fall out of orbit. Our DNA doesn't just go haywire and start replicating and make us a toad. The universe and the laws of the universe work, and when we understand them, it will create a perfection and a harmony that maps the perfection and harmony of the universe in our lives. So when I say I don't believe it, it means that it's not about believing. It's about knowing. Uh-huh. It's demonstrated by the effectiveness of the information. Uh-huh. <laughs> there we have it. <laughs> yes. If that doesn't show uh, being in tune with the universe, I don't know what does, literally. My guest today is Daniel Schmachtenberger. As you can tell, this is a very special hour that we're having. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. We're trying to get you in the mood for gratitude. Stay tuned. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. The Cherry Douglas Show, with the CEO of Worldwide Music Incorporated and the founder and publisher of Gospel Truth Magazine, Cherry Douglas. By tuning in weekly, you will gain insight, tips, and tools to help get your career started. From how to market yourself to distribution of your product, learn the power of faith-based marketing and much more on The Cherry Douglas Show. Join Cherry each week with guests from the gospel music industry, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors as they discuss faith-based news, events, and trends. The Cherry Douglas Show with Carrie Douglas broadcast each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, and is brought to you by Gospel Truth Magazine and Worldwide Music Incorporated on the Voice America channel. The Carrie Douglas Show with Carrie Douglas, your premier source for faith based entertainment, news, events, and trends. Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST right here on the Voice America channel. VoiceAmerica.com 
Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're getting you in the mood for gratitude. And if there's anyone who can do that, it's Daniel Schmachtenberger, my guest, uh, who is um, a global and personal healing facilitator. How's that, Daniel, <laughs> since you don't like to be called a global and personal healer? Um, but that is, in fact, I actually saw him do that myself. I can, I can, uh, I can speak to that. I guess that's why I called you that without even thinking about it. Um, but we're talking today Just about uh, on that real quick, if you don't mind. Sure. All the illness, whether it's physical illness or mental illness, emotional pain, any kind of pain or illness, has to do with us being disconnected from the source of all that is. And so the healing really has to do with us becoming reconnected. And the disconnection occurs because of all of the pains and burdens that we carry around inside of us that act like blocks, act like shadows so the light can't pass. And so when I work with people helping them in their healing, it's mostly about helping them to make peace, helping them to cleanse and clear of the old dysfunctional hurts, pains, pains in relationship, dysfunctional belief systems. And as the hurts are cleansed out of their being, then they are opened up, and in that openness, they re-receive more of the love and the light that is always being offered to them. And in in that, there is a perfection and there's a healing. So when I say that I'm not a healer, it's because I'm really not. What I'm helping to do is open someone to life, and the life is what causes the healing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I remember when I first met you, um, one of the things that I wanted to, one of the first things I wanted to ask was how you got involved in all of this. What what may I mean this is a very um as you'll talk about later I hope, you know, well Daniel is involved in, in a number of projects to help the world heal and devotes his life to this, um, both to, you know, helping people heal as he was just talking about, connecting people to the to the light. Um and and also doing all kinds of other projects, but but basically devoting your life to this, and it's very impressive. And um, so I asked, what made him get started on this path that that is very much less traveled by? So why don't you tell us about that? Well, ever since I was very young, and as, as early as I can remember, I've always been very interested in understanding the truth. I've always been very interested in spirituality. And, uh, and all the sciences, physics, all of it that helped me to understand how the universe worked. And my deepest desire was just to connect to God, whatever that was, understand what it was, understand who I am, understand why I'm here, why all life is here, so I could fulfill that. And that was the deepest desire, is to just come to be connected with the truth. And then the second desire that comes from that is to serve humanity, because as we become connected to the truth, the truth is that everyone, every person, every animal, every everything that is, is all God or the infinite in form. And as we get connected with the truth, what really happens is the heart opens in love, and we begin to love everyone and everything more. And out of that love, the desire to serve and to help just becomes automatic. And it's not a moral thing. It's not that it's right to do that or we should. It just becomes very automatic. Just like when you love someone, you're in love and you just want to do sweet things for them and take care of them. When you become in love with all of life, 
you become in love with that which manifested everyone and, and is the life that moves through them, then you just want to help all of life. And the more we learn about the truth, the more powerful we can be in affecting real change. And so that's always been my interest. And, and uh, I had a, a couple of different things that really facilitated that. I had both my own personal healing challenges that really brought me deeper into healing. When I was, when I was 15, I was about 100 pounds overweight. And I had a couple uh, supposedly incurable autoimmune diseases that caused a lot of challenge in my body. And I definitely had some depression and even suicidal tendency that came up for a while early on because I had a whole family history of addiction and a number of suicides in my family and all that kind of stuff. And so there was a need for personal healing for me. And just uh, so your listeners know, I don't have any extra weight, and I haven't for a long time. I don't have any of those supposedly incurable illnesses. And, uh, you know, I wake up happy and grateful every day. So I experienced the possibility of healing, of complete healing in my life, and then I've got to help many, many other people go through what would be considered miraculous healing. And um, so there was that, and there was also that I had the great fortune of being homeschooled as a child, so... I didn't have to just go to school and learn the same stuff everybody else learned. When I had a desire to study something, I really had the opportunity to study it. So as a very young kid, I got to go real deep into the sciences and study the you know, mechanics of the universe and all the scriptures of the world were my bedtime stories as a little kid and go live in you know, different spiritual communities and temples and go live with the shamans in Peru and really had the opportunity to study this a lot. And, uh, yeah, so that's kind of what got me started. Yeah, that's amazing. So you, I mean, so you actually experienced all of this firsthand. This isn't just some uh, theoretical framework that, um, you know, new age theoretical framework. You actually lived it. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm not really interested in theory because so many people have theories that make sense, but they don't work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we see... We see, uh, for me personally at least, I see that there are so many uh, people doing psychotherapy not getting results that were at all interesting to me or doing modern medicine. Or, and I could see the people who were, you know, doing the therapists and the doctors having great intention, but the paradigm in which they were trained didn't have that effective of an information. And I wanted to know the information that Christ knew, that Buddha knew, that you know, created miraculous transformation, and I knew it was possible. I was like four, five years old when I heard when Christ said, All that I have done, ye shall do, and greater than this shall you do as well. For I am not the doer of the acts, but this, he basically said that the Spirit, the infinite, is doing all of this, and it's in all of us. And when we realize that, we can all do anything. And I knew it to be true as a little kid. I knew it, but I didn't see any examples of anyone demonstrating it. So I had this incongruency between what I knew inside and what I mm. could see. So I sought. I sought out people who had this knowledge so that I could, you know, learn. Meanwhile, I learned, you know, internally all I could. I found people who had different levels of knowledge, but I really didn't see anyone who was demonstrating you know, raising people from the dead or anything like that. And um, But I had this knowing that it was possible, and I ended up um, meeting a man named Howard Wells, who I saw doing healing work with people that uh, 
I saw a man who was crippled walk the first time I met him. I saw people uh, have miraculous transformations from all these things, and it was the first time I had witnessed anything close to what I knew was possible inside, and I began asking him if he would teach me, and after many years of begging, he finally said yes. And uh, so that was a, a place where I had the opportunity to learn a tremendous amount. Yes, and um, well, tell us about how you, about how feeling ungrateful is dangerous to your health. Well, let me take one step back to because ex- there's a subtlety in that question, and then we'll explain it. It's a fabulous question. There is a knowledge by which, knowing it, you can know everything else. It's the knowledge of how to know what is true. And it has to do with largely the relationship of our feeling with our thoughts. And we can have a belief that makes sense to us logically that isn't true or that is only partially true. And so our logic isn't a sufficient enough tool to connect us with the truth. So when you said feeling ungrateful, the feeling is actually stemming from deeper, from from other things. Let me explain in all the scriptures of the world and every different religious tradition, they say something to the effect that God lives within the human heart. In the heart. The heart is the center of feeling. The heart is uh, different than the mind. The heart doesn't speak through words most of the time. You know, we think in verbal words in the language that we primarily speak. And so some people pray. They pray to whatever their concept of God is. And they say, well, I talk to God, but God doesn't talk back. Because they're expecting to hear words, it's how they're used to communicating, but God is mostly communicating through the heart and through the feeling, through the feeling. And so our feeling is actually a direct link to the knowledge of the infinite. So if we think something that is true and that is aligned with life and how life works, it will create feelings of joy, inner joy, and peace, and freedom, and love, and empowerment. Those are the signs of the infinite, because truth, with a capital T, is another word for God. And so the qualities of peace, of love, of joy, of freedom, of power, are the other qualities of the infinite, and we link into all of them together. And if we think something that isn't true, it will disempower us. It will cause the absence of those feelings, cause pain of different causes. And so if you think, if anyone, you know, your listeners can do this experiment, then just close their eyes and... Notice how they feel in their body and in their feeling. And then just think the thought, I'm not good enough. Without an assessment of whether or not it's true mentally, just think the thought and then notice how they feel. Most people will notice that they feel heavier as opposed to lighter. That there's a feeling of something saying more closed as opposed to more open. Maybe sad or other things. And that is the infinite giving you the, the guidance that that thought isn't true and is on the wrong path. It's almost mm. like a negative reinforcement to not think that thought and to go in the other direction. Mm. Like when you put your hand in a fire and it burns automatically, the pain is protective, so you pull your hand out of the fire. The feelings of those pain feelings are designed to guide you away from that thought that is like your hand being in the fire. Mm. Wow, that's very interesting. Never heard it explained quite like that, but it does make a lot of sense. We'll pick up there after the break. Absolutely. Well, today you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, talking about getting in the mood for gratitude. I hope you already are in the mood for gratitude. Um, 
listening to my guest, Daniel Schmachtenberger, talk about uh, the infinite and uh, why we're going to be talking more about uh, how not feeling grateful or feeling ungrateful is dangerous to your health. So stay tuned. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Everything you want, everything you want to do, and everything you want to have is right at your fingertips. People think that accomplishing your goals has to be difficult. Guess what? It doesn't. All you need are the right tools and a map. And that is what author, professional speaker, and now talk radio host Charmin Lane is offering you. Join Charmin Wednesday afternoons at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel for success made simple. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood Jet Set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with President of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're getting you in the mood for gratitude with Thanksgiving approaching. My guest is Daniel Schmachtenberger. We're talking about... uh, talking a lot about spirituality, um, but with not with any particular religion in mind. If you tuned in sort of part of the way through, um, Daniel explained that early on, that um, when he talks about God or 
uh, the infinite. It's not about any one particular religion, but it's all-encompassing. Just wanted to make that clear because I know sometimes people feel a little squeamish, unfortunately, <laughs> when they um, when they hear those kinds of words. But no, we're talking about something that's bigger, bigger than all of us. So, um, Daniel, why don't you continue? We were starting to talk about. I asked you about how feeling ungrateful can actually be dangerous to your health. Yes. Well, so as we were just describing, the feeling is the guide as to whether or not we're on the right track. And just like if you put your hand in a fire, the the built-in pain process is to protect us to draw our hand out of the fire. And if you massage a sore muscle and it feels good, the built-in pleasure response is to guide us to do things that are right for us. This is also true with all of our inner feelings and the feelings of the body. If you think a thought that is untrue, then it will cause a level of pain in, in your physical body and in your emotion and your feeling. And that pain is designed to show you that that thought is untrue and guide you away from it. If you think a thought that is true, that is aligned with life, that is right for you in your life, it will cause empowerment, joy, truth, and those are all the positive motivators of the infinite saying yes you're on the right track keep going so gratitude is one of the is one of the feelings of being on the right track gratitude if you are in the state where you're feeling grateful for all that is that has to do with that your eyes are open to seeing what is actually real that you're not seeing a false lack being projected on the world but you're seeing the infinite abundance of reality and that the experience of that is gratitude, that you're seeing the perfection of all that is, and the experience of that is gratitude. As you pay attention to what thoughts you can think and how you relate with others and how you live that supports the greatest feelings of gratitude and thankfulness, that is the way to live that is most in line with the fulfillment of your purpose here. And as you live in a way that is not supporting that gratitude, that means that we're continuing to go on in a way that isn't right for us. Yes, and um, and of course that, that all of that can lead to um, not only emotional pain, as you were saying, but actual physical illness and pain. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, every every time if you're feeling worn down, most people wake up and it's oh god, it's not Monday. And as we know, more heart attacks occur Monday morning yeah. than any other time because people are stressed out. And, they live this. Li- they live their life not really wanting to be alive because of how life is. That creates an endocrine stress and a stress on the nervous system, all which shut down the regulatory processes of the body. And mostly, it just disconnects us from how the life energy flows, all of which causes illness and pain. And uh, in the major studies that have been done on longevity, they found that more than whether they smoked or not, whether they drank or ate good food or bad food, the major things that affected someone's longevity was having a positive outlook on life. And uh, so it's very significant. Okay, but now taking this a little more globally, how is it that we're supposed to be having this positive, because I know that's what people are thinking, some people at least thinking, listening to this, um, you wake up in the morning, you uh, put on the radio or the television, or you go in your car and you put on the radio, and or you go on your on the internet and you look at the news on the internet, and we're bombarded by one tragedy um, or stupidity <laughs> after another. Well, the news and all of that is 
uh, not a fair representation of what is in the world is is focused more on the negative because our consciousness as a people is focused to do that and that is a very detrimental thing but so if so there's a tragedy going on in the Sudan okay so if I feel really badly about that does that help the people in the Sudan no I want to feel compassion about that absolutely and empathy and it might even cause heartbreak a little bit but then we want to translate that into something that actually helps so translate that into what can I do to help them in physical action if there's something you can do great if not at least send prayers send love but it doesn't uh, it doesn't cause any benefit to be in a negative state it does cause a benefit to see what you can do and have a positive relationship to it let me give you an example when I first started really understanding gratitude I had this experience where I was driving I would and I would go to a crowded shopping center and I would get a really great spot and I would give thanks for getting the great spot and say wow this is wonderful and the next day I would drive and I would get the spot in the very back of the parking lot and I would give thanks for having a beautiful walk <laughs> huh so the, being in the back of the parking lot wasn't a bad thing. So I'd walk and I'd get to see the trees. I'd get to move my body and have exercise. I'd get to pick up some trash on the way. I'd get to say hello to people as I walked. And so I knew that the universe was guiding whatever was appropriate and whatever was needed. And, and when you become thankful for all that is, it connects you to the experience of grace, the perfection of all life. And as you are in this experience of the perfection of all life, uh, then you add to it. Now, whatever we focus on, here's here's gratitude as a spiritual principle. Whatever we focus on, we get more of. And so when people are in the experience of being grateful for all the beauty that is in their life, even if there had been a lot of negative in their awareness and they have to really work to focus on what's beautiful, when they focus on what is beautiful in their life and are grateful, that creates a very attractive quality about them, a very beautiful quality about them, and other people will start to relate to them differently, and life will relate to them differently, and it will attract into their life more to be grateful about. And when people are feeling very despairing, depressed, disappointed, it will attract into their life more to be disappointed about, or if they're frustrated, more to be frustrated about. And so gratitude is actually a tool for manifesting. Think about it. You ever had a time where you give somebody a gift, and you really put a lot of heart and energy into the gift, and they just don't seem like they really care, and you're kind of bummed out, right? Right. It doesn't encourage you to want to give to them again. Right. But you give someone a gift, and they're extremely thankful, and you feel so good about their thankfulness that you want to keep giving to them. Yes. That's how life works. It works that way even with how life gives to us, and the more thankful we are for all that comes, for all that we have, first, the more joyful we are instantly and the more healthy, but also the more attractive we are to other people and to opportunities for more gratitude. Well, okay, but but then how, um, okay, someone's going along and they're listening and they're thinking, yes, that's, that makes sense, but how, when you're in the space of feeling um, ungrateful or just feeling not even ungrateful, well, it is ungrateful, but, but feeling stressed or feeling, thinking about what you don't have or, you know, feeling frustrated, some of the things that you were talking about, um, I guess to go back to what you said at the beginning, it takes a conscious shift in your attention. It takes you deciding that you're not going to dwell on that. You use your will to consciously shift your thought and your energy because you have awareness of what is being created by your energy state, by your awareness, by your action and your thought. 
and you want to create a better reality for yourself. So if I'm sitting here dwelling in a bunch of negative thoughts and I'm intelligent and I look and I say, well, what is this going to cause me? How am I going to feel in five minutes? How's my body going to feel? If I continue to dwell in this anger and upset, how am I going to treat the other people in my life? And what What is going to be the result? And then if I say, if I choose to shift and pay attention to how beautiful the sky is, not ignoring the other problems, but just shifting my attention. And if I even look at the other problems but take a more empowered stance and say, what can I do that is positive about this so that you then have gratitude for your own empowerment in that situation, and you look at how is that going to affect my life? How am I going to feel in five minutes? How am I going to address other people? How is my life going to be? And out of the awareness of what you want for your life, realizing that you are ultimately responsible for the quality of your life, you choose to think and to speak and to perceive and to act in ways that support the life that you want. That's the choice that we all have. We all have free will. And so the bottom line is whether you believe in God or not makes no difference in this particular standpoint. Why would you choose to indulge thoughts or why would you choose to act in ways that do not support a life that you want? You don't have to. Okay, You don't have to. We're habituated to it. But in each moment we have a choice. And we are the only ones that can determine what quality of life we have. Other people can, you know, do things that will affect us, but we can't change them. We can change us. So the bottom line is to choose to perceive everything in a way that empowers us, to choose to act in a way that is beneficial for us and for the world because it will create a better life for us in the world, and we have that power to do that. That's, that's the thing. I made a very deep commitment in my life where I chose to basically marry the truth as it expressed itself through empowerment and I chose in every situation that came no matter what my programs from childhood or whatever predisposed me to perceive it as perceive that I was a victim and people hurting me whatever I chose to instead to use my will to perceive every situation in a way that would cause the most empowerment for me meaning the highest good for me and for everyone else involved and I and I made that as a commitment and the result is life getting better and better every day and me having a better life and me being a force for supporting a better life for everyone around me, increasingly so. It's a choice we can all make. By just be- make by just making the commitment. By I awareness. Mean, the awareness of we have a choice in each moment and what is the effect of our choice going to be? If, if I mean, I guess where I'm having trouble, though, is... Um, when people are in that state of not feeling grateful, of feeling frustrated, of feeling angry, of feeling sad, of feeling like a victim, or feeling like uh, being not enough or having not enough. How do they get out? How, yes. How do you then, I mean, what you're saying certainly makes a lot of sense, but how do you make the, how do you so dig yourself part, out of that hole? The first part is to not judge yourself for being in that state. It doesn't make you bad or wrong. And is this our time? Well, you can finish the... It doesn't make us bad or wrong at all. It just means that we have something to uh, shift. And so then we have empathy for ourselves in that state. And then we, there's different tools we can use. Forgiveness is a very powerful one. Whatever hurts we're experiencing, if other people had hurt us, we can work to forgive those people. We can work to forgive ourselves for ways we've judged and hurt ourselves and ask forgiveness, which all cleanses out the energy of negativity we can forgive ourselves for ways we've dwelled on the negative, and then as that energy is cleared, we can work to apply our awareness and choice more towards what will empower us and cause us a better life. 
Well, we'll uh, talk more about that when we come back. We do need to take another break. Okay. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. My guest is Daniel Schmachtenberger. We're getting you in the mood for gratitude. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, getting you in the mood for gratitude with my guest, Daniel Schmachtenberger. We're talking about uh, making that conscious choice becoming aware and making the conscious choice to um, be grateful, to uh, make a commitment to the truth, to realize what you're doing to your body and your emotions um, by staying in that uh, wallowing <laughs> wallowing in self-pity rather than feeling grateful. And um, Daniel, do you want to talk to us about how uh, not only is this something that happens to us on an individual level, but how it really combines, magnifies on a global level? I would love to. I'd love to address one thing very quickly first. Sure. Which is, I've noticed that the way that most people go about personal growth work on on any level, the primary motive 
is being dissatisfied with their own self. I'm not good enough, so I have to uh, meditate more or lose weight or become a better person or whatever so that I'll so that I'll be a better person, as opposed to really coming from a place of loving who they are and wanting to take care of themselves out of love. Mm. And even if you're doing activities that are supposedly healthy activities, but you're doing it from a motive of self-dissatisfaction and self-unacceptance, it won't work. Mm. You're going to get more of the motive. So we have to create our change from a place of... Uh, unconditional love of self and then and then supporting ourselves because we love what we actually are as opposed to continuing to affirm even by our healing action that we're not enough. Mm. And, you know, in childhood we're, you know, you're good if you get good grades and get, keep your room clean, you're bad if you get bad grades and your room is dirty and all this conditional praise and disapproval, which is the energy of approval, not really love, love which is unconditional, like the sun that shines on everybody equally. And so we then learn to approve and disapprove of ourselves, and we have to do certain things that meet our own expectations for us to approve of ourselves, and otherwise we disapprove, and that's not love. And that will never cause the real uh, experience of love that everybody's looking for. So it's not better to be grateful in any, like, universal moral sense. It just will make you happier, that's all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not better to anything in terms of, like, does God judge you one way or the other? God doesn't. And when we can not judge ourselves also, then we can evolve not because we have to or we need or we need to or should to be a good enough person, but just because out of love of ourself, that is the natural course of evolution. And so every suggestion that we're making here is to support people in greater freedom, not in more things that they should do. Uh And it's very important that everyone understand that. Yes, yes, that is a very important point. And how does this impact the globe? So on a global level, you were talking about how gratitude mirrors a fundamental consciousness of abundance and how ungratitude comes from a fundamental consciousness of scarcity. And on a global level, we have a tremendous sense of scarcity where, uh, you know, we have 35,000 people who starve to death or die of malnutrition-related illnesses every day. It's a person every three seconds. And yet, in our country, the leading cause of lifestyle-related disease is obesity. Mm. And we uh, we have a world where there's a fundamental feeling in the world that there's not enough, which is why we have to... There's fear about the future and we have to, you know, work for filling our bank accounts and all this stuff. And different nations are competing with each other over the perceived limited supply. But the reality is that our planet has more than enough to support everybody. There is no need for starvation. It's not that there is a lack of resource. It's that there's a lack of intelligent utilization of resource. Mm -hmm. Uh, Buckminster Fuller did an inventory of all the world's resources in 1971 and showed that if we applied ourselves more consciously with better technology, our world has enough resource to, in his study, sustain 90 billion human beings without detriment to the environment, without pollution, and without using any unsustainable resources. Mm. We've only got 6.5 billion, and we believe we're overpopulated, and people, Mm. a billion people on the planet live on less than a dollar a day. And people are all motivated from this place of scarcity. 
and even in our country there's a scarcity you know where there's so much material abundance people still feel a scarcity materially and there's a great scarcity in our feeling not enough love not enough uh, connection and not enough happiness and it's just as we have this feeling of scarcity and this belief of scarcity everybody wants to make sure they have their own and everyone working against each other and nations and people working against each other in competition makes the most inefficient utilization of resource so we have a self-fulfilling prophecy and then there isn't enough and then because we're competing against each other we need to defend our limited resources against each other mm-hmm. so all this resource gets used in defense that really could be used for planetary well-being and so as our consciousness shifts to recognize that there is enough, that nature has created more than enough and continues to and gives us everything for free, as our consciousness shifts to recognize that we are all interconnected on this little planet, and any way we, you know, if we pollute the groundwater that then we drink, that doesn't make much sense. And if we, if we uh, bomb somebody else, and then out of their pain and desperation they want to send bombs back or they bomb someone else who then wants to bomb us, on a little bitty interconnected planet, anytime we hurt others, it hurts us. Mm-hmm. Personally, too. Anytime you judge others, it will close you down. And anytime we benefit others or benefit the world, it benefits us. And so when we recognize, think about it, imagine a world where every human being recognizes that there is more than enough all given by the earth and given by the cosmos, and that it's given for free to all of us, and we have a, we have a world economy that mirrors the economy of nature, and where everyone recognizes that all life is interconnected and that we can never advantage ourselves at the expense of anyone for real and that we have to all work for the highest good for everyone. And when we all realize the power that all of our words have on others, that even our thoughts have on ourselves and others, that our actions have, and we all take full responsibility for everything that we do and we guide everything that we do and say and think to be in line of the highest good for everyone, realizing we're interconnected, think about what that world would be like. Yeah, absolutely. We have more than enough for everyone in the world. Our consciousness doesn't mirror that. Our consciousness is based on the idea of scarcity, and then as we think, that's what we experience. As every person starts to individually shift towards more awareness of the abundance as each individual consciousness shifts, the collective consciousness of the whole world shifts a little bit. So we can all start in our own lives by shifting our consciousness. And, and uh, being aware of the abundance that there is in life. And as we're aware of it instantly, the feeling of scarcity inside of us leaves. Because what we focus on, we get more of. We focus on how there's not enough, so we continue to try and get more on the outside of us and continue to feel more and more empty. Yes, you know, and and I was just thinking that on Thanksgiving there's all this talk about abundance and yet um, few people actually dig deeply enough into themselves to feel it in the way that you've been talking about. Well, it's a shift of focus to to recognizing all that is around us all the time, to appreciating consciously, appreciating ourselves and all life, giving thanks, and then out of that appreciation asking how we can serve and help. And then we begin to have the most glorious reality possible. And I hope that you'll all take this to your Thanksgiving table and talk about some of the things that my guest, Daniel Schmachtenberger, has been talking about here. In fact, uh, you can find out more about him 
Um, I think one of the things that I've been, I have more admiration, even more, even more admiration for you, uh, because of, and what you were talking about today, thinking that if you were able to shift your thinking and consciousness and awareness coming from, um, a difficult, dysfunctional family, shall we say, um, then really that we all should be able to do that. I mean, I'm just thinking as a little we boy, that must have been really difficult for you we to all come. Can, and I had help, and we all need help. We all need to help each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I certainly do believe that we have uh, gotten all of my listeners in the mood for gratitude. And I'm very grateful to you today for being on the show and sharing all of this wisdom with us. If I could just share a closing recommendation with everybody, it's just to uh, not think of being grateful as another thing on your to-do list that you feel pressure about, but just start to really explore and notice. Notice the color of the sky and notice the color of the trees and imagine if life was black and white. And just notice how rich it is. And notice all the things that you really are grateful for if they were taken away and just start to feel what you feel as you consciously appreciate the people and the things in your life. Notice it and watch what happens. Yes, yes. And, of course, one of the ways to do that, and I've talked about this before, is to uh, write to keep a gratitude journal. And uh, it's amazing if you do that before you go to sleep or when you wake up in the morning. It doesn't really matter. Anytime during the day, just uh, notice how you feel before you sit down and, and write the things that you're feeling grateful for at that moment and then how you feel how you feel before and how you feel after. It's really amazing. You kind of have the surprise, huh, I really do have a lot of things to be grateful for after all. So and thank you. There's some articles and resources on uh, the website. If people want to go look at them, they're welcome to. Yes, did I give out the website? I've got experiencethesource.com. Experiencethesource.com. Go there and you'll find uh, even more about what, what we've been talking about and some more uh, things that you can do to continue in this feeling. There will be so, more articles on gratitude put up there very shortly so people can check in. Yes. And thank Daniel, you thank you again. Thank you for letting me be here with you today and thank you all for um, sharing in this uh, hour and listening. And I wish you all a beautiful Thanksgiving and... Uh, and you all love and blessings. Yes, and I certainly second that too. And, and again, I hope that you'll think about this and talk about this and share it with people. Share this um, with people that you are uh, with on Thanksgiving. And thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. And I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.